0: This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. Welcome everybody to church this weekend. Come on, we can thank God, right? Yes. Yeah, if you're watching online, all of our campuses. We're so glad you're here. Could hey, could everybody at our Spring Lake Park campus welcome everybody and all the other campuses and those watching online? Come on, we can do that. That's awesome, right? Love what we get to be a part of. Love what God's doing. Uh, my name is Pastor Darren Poley, and I love what God is doing across our church and at every campus. Exciting things at Spring Lake Park, at Maple Grove, at Elk River, and we're excited for everything that God has for us. Uh, we're going to uh, do a message this weekend. It's a standalone message. New series will kick off next week. But the title of the message, if you want to take notes, the title is Just Say Yes. Just Say Yes. Is that too complicated for anybody else, right? Um and but before we jump into the message, I love to celebrate. Does anybody else like to celebrate? Come on. I mean, there's there's been a lot of bad news lately, right? How many would love a little bit of good news? And I wanna I wanna celebrate. This is not just height, this is exciting because it is an all-church win. It represents all of our campuses across all age groups, and I want to share this with you just in the first two months of this year, just in the first two months. The total number of people that have made personal commitments to Christ in our church is 373 people. Come on, you got to celebrate more than that, right? Come on, that's so good. Yes. And I lo- I love this fact that over 100 over 120 of those were children. Man, how many I'm th- just thankful the next generation, right? Their lives are being changed by the glory of God. I just I love it. So I, I, I think the Bible says we should celebrate, all, all of heaven celebrates when one person gives their life to Christ. I mean, I think we should celebrate every time somebody does as well. It's so good. It's so amazing. I love it. Um, and again, the topic is just say yes. Can I just encourage you this weekend to open up your heart to whatever God wants to drop in there? Just open it up. Just, just be open. You may be a brand new Christian. You may be not yet a believer you are I call it your kick in the tires of Christianity. Or maybe you're a long-term, rock-solid, faithful believer. I believe nobody's here by accident this weekend. I believe God's got a word that he wants to drop into each and every one of our hearts. And it's going to be exciting. It's amazing. I know we all lost an hour of sleep. So turn to the person next to you and say, come on, time to wake up. Go ahead and tell them that. That's so good, yeah. Hey, I'm gonna ask you a question. How many of you have ever found yourself in a pretty tough spot? You found yourself in a tough spot? It's happened to me many times. Let me show you a couple pictures of somebody that's found themselves in a pretty tough spot. So here's the first one. Um, How many of you know that that's pretty appropriate this time of year, right, thin ice? Let me show you the next picture. How many agree he should have followed the sign, right? Right? He, he made a mistake and did that. Look at that. That's in Shakopee, Minnesota, by the way, just south of here. And somebody should have told him today's going to be 64 degrees. All right, there we go. So, wow, that's, that's more than committed to Christ right there. All right, here we go. Uh, I want to show you one more picture in just a second. This picture is a picture of an elderly couple that should not be driving, but they refused to stop driving, and they went out on a date night. Let me show you this. Look at it really close. Do you see her still sitting in the car? (laughs) I think that's hilarious. And men, how many of you know we need some pants like that, right? Right? Those pants are coming back in. (laughs) Oh, man, bad, bad decisions that happen. So, all right, you can pull that down. I love that we started the year with a series entitled Unmuted. And it was a great series, a fantastic series. We learned about listening and hearing from God. And I thought it was so beneficial. How many of you know that it's super important that we don't stop at hearing God's voice? That God has called us to obey his voice, right? There's this call to obedience, and I I think that God is going to speak to our hearts. And I'm going to read a lot of Scripture, more than I normally do, because there's this Old Testament event. I don't like to use the word story, because sometimes you use the word story, and we think like, oh, this is a parable. This is not a parable. This is an event that happened in 1 Samuel chapter 15. And if you want to follow along on, on your Bible or on your U um, Version Bible app or whatever, it'll also be up on the screen. But I want to set it up because it's a lot of scripture. We're going to read, and uh, the event we're going to read the, uh, is setting up what I would call a war or a large battle event. And these are found throughout the Old Testament, these large war or battle events. And just, I'm going to teach a little bit more this weekend than I normally do. So you may want to take notes. If you love God's Word, uh, I think you're going to love this message. But in this, it, it, when, sometimes when we read these old historic battle war accounts in Scripture, there's some tough things to read in there, right? I mean, it just, when you're reading about war, there's some tough things. So there'll be a few things. This event happened with over 200,000 soldiers, Okay, so just a little backdrop, but it's all about this interaction between God speaking to Samuel, speaking to Saul. So here we go. I'm going to read it pretty quick. You can follow along with me. Samuel said to Saul, I am the one the Lord sent to anoint you, king over his people Israel. So listen now to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel. Now go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. Then Saul attacked the Amalekites all the way from Havilah to Shur, near the eastern border of Egypt. He took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive, and all his people he totally destroyed with the sword. But Saul and the army spared, Saul and the army spared Agag and the best of the sheep and the cattle, the fat of the calves and the lambs, everything that was good. These they were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel, I regret, God said, that I've made Saul king because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions." So early in the morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul, but he was, he was told Saul has gone to Carmel. Look at this. There, Saul is setting up a monument in his own armor, in his own honor, excuse me. When Samuel um, reached him, Saul said, the Lord bless you. I, look what he says. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. But Samuel said, what then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? What is the lowing of cattle that I hear? Saul answered, the soldiers (laughs) brought them from the Amalekites. They spared the best of the sheep and cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But we totally destroyed the rest. Samuel said, although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over this whole thing, over Israel. And he sent you on a mission. He said, go and completely destroy those wicked people, the Amalekites. Wage war against them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? Look at verse 20. But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back, brought back Agar, their king. The soldiers... He's passing the buck. The soldiers took the sheep and the cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. But Samuel replied, look at this last line, does the Lord delight in bird offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams lot of scripture, no doubt about it. One of the things that when you read this and study this and look at this, um, I, I think one of the most intriguing things about this passage for all of us this weekend, all campuses to see, is Saul's perspective on this thing was really kind of twisted, wasn't it? His perspective was just really, I don't know that he was, I can't read into his motive that he was trying to disobey God, but his perspective was truly out of whack. So how many of us can see in what we just read that the command was clear? There was no ambiguity, right? I like the term, it was absolute clarity, That's the direction that was given, and he decided to go in a different direction. You may want to write this down. Here's what I believe. I believe Saul filtered God's command through his own wisdom, which allowed him to think he was obeying. I'll say it one more time in case you're jotting it down. I believe this with all of my heart. I've never shared it like this before, but it just grabbed me the last couple weeks. Saul filtered, filtered God's command through his own wisdom, which then allowed him to think that he was obeying God. But he wasn't. See, God gave him this instruction really clear through Samuel. Do this, do this, do this. This is the battle plan. This is what's going to happen. And this is why. And this is everything that you should do. Saul took those instructions, applied them, don't miss this, applied them through his own thinking, through his own interpretation, and then decided he's going to tweak it about 20%. And because he thinks it's better, he believes in his heart, and he's able to say, well, I think I'm obeying. So, I have a, a key thing, and this will be up on the screen, that just grabbed me again this week. It's, this, this is the thought Saul didn't have a problem taking direction, Saul had a problem surrendering control. Saul didn't have a problem taking direction, Saul had a problem surrendering control. And can I tell you, I've been there. And I wrestle with that, and I battle with that, and I mean, I don't, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands on this one, but I think it's such a reality for so many of us that we're like, okay, I love that, I love that, and there's so much information available, and we read it, and we study it, and we look at it, but Saul's issue was that he wanted to control the outcome. He wanted to make the determination, and there's something about coming under God's covering that will be, that will be powerful as we unpack the the rest of this message. Um, When I was uh, in Bible college, I was in my, towards the end of my Bible college years, I'd been a Christian about five years. And uh, I hadn't been water baptized. Um, I didn't want to be water baptized. I thought um, because I was christened as a baby, uh, which by the way at Emmanuel, we, we, we dedicate children and we baptize believers, right? So, Because when we dedicate children, that's a parent's decision. Not a bad decision, but it's a decision parents make, which is a great thing. And then when we, believe, when we come to an agreement and, and, and commit our lives to Jesus Christ personally, we're water baptized. Well, I was christened or, de- or, or baptized as a baby, so I thought, well, I don't need to do this. But God's word says that I need to do it. And so for about three years, these opportunities would come up, and I was a fairly new believer, and I would say, I don't want to do that. Oh, I'm not going to do that. Oh, I don't really need to do that. By the way, I'm reading my Bible now, so I probably don't need to do that, right? And what I was doing was I was filtering God's command through my own wisdom or my own understanding. And I was coming to a different conclusion. Here's the problem. My conclusion was disobedience. And so eventually, the Holy Spirit just kind of got a hold of my heart, and uh, I was water baptized. Not because I truly wanted to, because I was convicted that it wasn't about me being in control. It was about surrendering my life to God, not just one part of my life, right? Every area of my life. And I just thought, so I want to tell you, I waited too long But I still did it. And if I would go back, I wish I would have said, yes, the first moment it was brought to my attention. The best time to obey God is always the first moment when you know it's right. It's always best. God's grace will let us come back. But there's this incredible, incredible opportunity. It's so important to obey. Now, the word obey, everybody say the word obey. 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 It doesn't, um, in a culture today, sometimes it gets a bad rap. It sounds, I mean, sometimes it can be used in the wrong way. Sometimes we've had authority figures in our lives that have abused that term in our lives, and it's so sad. So I know that's part of some of our stories, some of our our journey. But it's not true when it comes to our Father God. It's just not. So here's what I want to do. I I want to redefine the definition and the feel of obey. All right? I want to redefine the definition and the feel of obey. Here's what obey is not. It is not control. That's not obedience. It's not control. It's not loss. Well, when I think obey, I'm going to lose something. And I know this isn't a great English term, but I'm just going to say it. It's not yuck. Everybody say yuck. It's not. Let's redefine the feel of what obedience means and what it looks like and what God is asking for from us. It's just important. So here's what I think obedience is. Coming under to a better place. Coming under to a better place. If you, if you would grab one thing this weekend, I pray you would grab this right now. Every campus, every service, everybody watching online, if you would just grab this thought that when I'm obeying God, the choice is I am coming under, and I am coming under to a better place. A way better place than the place that I've designed for myself. I'm coming under to God's covering. Psalms chapter 91. I love these verses. Verses 9 and 10 says, if you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. How many know that's good news right there? Another couple verses in Psalm 91. I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He will cover you, it's a covering, he will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be be your shield and will be your rampart. Coming under to a better place. That's what God calls us to do, church, is to come under to the place that God wants us to be. Now, I want to show you a picture up on the screen. You put that up, and uh, you see this picture. How many have ever been caught in the rain? Turn that up a little louder. You ever been caught in the rain? You ever been like the guy that's on screen, and your umbrella is way, way too small? Right, does that happen to any one of us? How many would rather this umbrella? Huh? Would you rather this umbrella when you're caught in a rainstorm? This is God's covering in our lives when we obey. This is it. We don't have the flimsy little black thing. We have this. God's saying, I will completely cover you. Right? Right? And it's this big, you can actually walk around in the rain when it's raining that hard and you will not get wet. So I wanna ask you, just just with this umbrella illustration, which do you prefer, a great covering like this or no covering at all? Come on, which do you prefer? I want the whole thing. It's not gonna close, all right, all right. God's covering doesn't close, there you go, all right. Man, I think covering is that way. It's truly a choice. And when we look at obedience and a life of obedience and just say yes, and we're going to get practical here in just a moment and highlight some key areas, but I just want you to know as we talk about them, it's all about con- coming under to a better place. Here's a life principle that I live by. Uh, blessing follows obedience. It's one of my life principles. I believe it's so strong. Blessing follows obedience. You'll find it throughout Scripture. You'll find it one of the, one, all over. I mean, there, there may be rare exceptions where, where God just does it in a different way, but it's validated all throughout the Word of God in so many areas of our life. If we want to walk in God's blessing, we will come under the covering and be obedient to God because that's the covering that God has for us. It's incredible, it's amazing, and it's powerful. So, I'm going to give us some application now, some key takeaways over the next few minutes. And um, I just encourage you, I believe some of these will speak to your life. I believe some of these, I'm going to give you some, some areas and, some, and just some things that you can take home, that you can talk about, that you can pray about, that you can use in your Devo time. Some of these things you can even talk about in your Connect group or different ministries that you're part of with people that are in your life. And before I jump into these, I'm going to ask you several questions. Here's the key areas that God has placed on my heart for this weekend. Just a few key areas. The the area of Sabbath. Am I obeying God in the area of having a Sabbath? Another area that God has placed on my heart, this list could be really long, but it's not, moral purity. Am I obeying God and staying under his cover in the area of moral purity? Another thing that God has laid on my heart is tithing as stewardship. Stewardship. Tithing and stewardship. The more you get to know me, and I've learned every time I say that word, I don't get shouted down from the congregation, right? Everybody's not excited. But I will tell you, there's something about coming under to a better covering, to a better place in this area of tithing. Here's another two, just three more. Worry. Worry. I believe there's people at church this weekend that are going to make a decision to come under God's covering— addressing the worry that's in their life. And I know it's been all over the news. The coronavirus is news, and it's serious, and it's significant. But how many know that as believers, we use wisdom, but we operate in faith? Right? So we do. We use wisdom, and we'll make wise decisions, and there's key things we should do. But we don't operate in fear, We operate in faith because God's got us. We're under his covering. Two more things just to think about is our devo time, our devotion life, our quiet time. And the last one, you might say, oh, this is kind of different, is the area of joy. I feel like there's some people at church this weekend where God wants to show you the joy he wants you to have. And that you are to come under his covering. So here we go. Here's some application things. These will be up on the screen that just coming out of what I'm learning, what God's talking to me about in in this whole area of what we learn with Saul and that whole example in 1 Samuel. So here we go. The first question is this. Where have I decided that my wisdom is more important than my obedience? Where have I decided that my wisdom is more important than my obedience? And it's way quieter when we're talking about ourselves, isn't it, than when we talk about what Saul did, right? But just a good application, not judgment on any of us, application. Second Corinthians thirteen five says, we should examine ourselves, right? And so I just think, where have I decided that my wisdom is more important than my obedience? Here's another one. In what areas do I need to just simply obey? Just obey. The title of the message, Just Say Yes. In what areas do I need to just simply obey? Got it? Say got it. it. Thank you. Here's the next one. What have I determined to be a unique situation and therefore it exempts me? Where have I determined? We'll leave it up just for a moment so you can write it down. What have I determined to be a unique situation and therefore exempts me. I know you're writing it down. That's what Saul did. Well, this is unique as the leader, what God has told me. And so because I see it this way, and it's unique, well, because of my resources, I can't tie or because of the trouble in my life, I can't have joy, or because of the concerns I'm facing, I'm gonna be gripped with worry. Fill in the blank. Because of how busy my life is, Pastor Darren, if you saw my schedule, I, I just can't have a Sabbath. Just fill in the blank. In, w- in what area, where have I determined to be a unique situation and therefore exempts me? couple more, just two more. Am I embracing Savior more than I'm embracing Lordship? Pastor Nate mentioned this last week in his message. What a great message Pastor preached to us last weekend. He just hit on this really quick, so I won't talk about it long, but... Am I embracing the salvation side of my Savior? As, and do I need to embrace, embrace the Lordship just as strong? That He is my Lord, that He is my covering. How I many you know it's not either or, it's both and, right, church? It's both and. And the last one is this How can I increase, I love this, my trust in God as my great and loving Father? How can I increase my trust in God? as my great and loving Father. Because that will shape everything. Man, there's so, so many today. The news and people and movies and all this. Don't miss this, church. There's so much in our culture today that explains God inaccurately. Right? Doesn't explain him as this great and loving Father God that he is to us. And so how, how can I increase my trust in God knowing that even though maybe in my natural world I haven't had the right the father the way i wanted to have a natural father, but God the Father, my my heavenly father, is a perfect God. And He loves me unconditionally. And he has such incredible plans for my life. So, so how can we do it accurately? Um, I, and I, you, this, you may see this pop up on the screen. I started doing something a few years ago, and I started doing I do this twice a year. My favorite things about God list. My favorite things about God list. I highly recommend you do this. It, you'll end it, and you will be smiling, I promise you. So, talk about restoring joy. Just to remind us, who is our Father God? Can I, I'll just, just to give you an idea, I won't take a long time on this, but I love it. I'll I'll share a few that are on my list. And I've done this a few different times. My favorite things about God's list. So, here's a couple of them. He's not only willing to forgive me, He wants to forgive me. How many know that's one of my favorite things about God? Willingness doesn't sound fun, does it? Wanting sounds fun. Trust me, have you ever said, hey, will you marry me? And they say, well, I'm willing to. That's no good, right? Do not try that if you're engaged, all right? Or about to be, because you won't be engaged, all right? But it's, he's not only willing to forgive, he wants to forgive. His heart is to bless me. I love that. His heart is to bless me. He loves me no matter what. And I wrote down in my notes, even when I'm dumb. Anybody else ever been dumb, like I've been dumb? Some of you should have both hands up. Come on, be honest, right? I mean, it's happened to all of us. God still loves me. He wants to spend time with me. The Savior of the world, the God of all creation, wants to hang out with me. It's one of my favorite things about God. Here's another one. It's just practical. God created king crab legs. King crab legs. I'm a foodie. If you've ever had them, they're incredible. Only a great God could create those things. All right, there you go. He wants to pour out blessings on me. I'm never left alone. Just a couple more. God created Hawaii. Come on, somebody. Right? Trust me, you're like, oh, we got Brainerd. (laughs) Okay, Brainerd's nice, but then, oh yeah, so he he created Hawaii. (laughs) I love that we love our state so much. I want to defend it. All right, good. So, um, two more. God gave me my wife, Jane. We've been married for 32 years, and we're blessed. Yeah, we are. I mean, clap for her. She needs, right? I mean, <laughs> truly, one of my favorite things about God. One more um, our church. Amen. Now you should clap. I'm thankful for our church, right? He's given us a great church, an awesome church, an amazing church. Do this list this week. Just here's my favorite things about God. You create this list, you will be, your heart will warm and you'll be like, I just want to say yes to whatever God is asking me to do, whatever obedience step. And I'm no longer going to struggle with as much, with surrendering control. I'll just give it to God. Because even though sometimes I want to hold on, I just want to give it to God because he loves me so much. Isaiah 55 says, come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. Look at this, church. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Man, it's one of my favorite scriptures. I want to read a quick story to you. Um, in our last few minutes together and this is from the 1950s and it's just a it's an incredible story they use it in in naval war college to talk about following orders and stuff like that so it's part of the navy archives so here we go it's it's from again 50 60 years ago 70 years ago now Um, it's about the captain of a ship that was sailing off the northeast coast on a dark pitch black night the captain subtly noticed a bright light directly in front of him And he knew that his ship was on a collision course with that light. He immediately rushed to the radio and sent an urgent message demanding that that vessel change its course 10 degrees east. A few seconds later, he received a message in return. The message says, cannot do it. You change your course 10 degrees west. The captain got angry. He sent another cryptic message. I am a Navy captain. I demand you change your course now. He received a message back a few seconds later. It said, I am a seaman second class. Cannot do it, sir. Change your course. The captain was now furious. He sent one final message. It said, I am a battleship and I am not changing my course. He got a curt message in return. It said, I am a lighthouse. It's your choice, sir. (laughs) Right? Sometimes that's what's facing us. And we just got to say yes and surrender control. And say it's not about my decision making. It's not about who's in charge. It's about God being a better covering for my life. Deuteronomy chapter 30, last verse, verse 19 says, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Do you see God's heart? Oh, that you would choose life. That's going to be added to my favorite things about God list. Because that's how good he is. That's how amazing he is. And last thought is this. Don't ever forget this. Unconditional love is the heart and motive behind God's direction to us. Unconditional love is the heart and the motive behind God's direction to us. Always know that, church. So this weekend... The topic is just say yes. And when you come in contact with some direction that is, gonna, that is gonna ask you to set aside your wisdom or your exempt card or your thinking that says, well, this is why you shouldn't do it or this is why you're okay not to obey. Because it happens to all of us. When we come across those moments, just remember that God's motive and heart for us in every direction he gives us is his unconditional love for each of us. Here's what I know. He's a good, good father. He is a good, good father. Amen, church? Would you bow your heads with me here at all of our campuses online? God, thank you for how amazing, how good, how special you are. Thank you, God, for just speaking to our hearts. I pray right now at every campus, at every service of Emmanuel this weekend, I pray that there would be people that would just be ready to just say yes. I pray that right now, for those of us that are thinking, wow, this message was for somebody else, I pray that we would just be open right now because it was for me. It was for us. And we just ask that you would speak to our hearts. God, some of us want to take a courageous step and respond to you. This weekend. And so, church, here's what I ask you two different things. I don't, I'm not going to name all the things because it's really between you and God, but as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, if you're in this service this weekend, whether you're live or watching online or whether you're in one of our campuses, you're in this service and you would just say, you know what? God is speaking to my heart. And there's an area of obedience where I am deciding today to come under God's covering to a better place. And I'm deciding. I'm going to obey. If that's you, just shoot your hand up all across the room. At all of our campuses, watching online, just shoot it up really high. Wow. You just want to make a public declaration. You want God, just to, you just want to say, God, I'm in. This is what I'm going to do. It's so good. It's so good. Wow. I affirm every hand that goes up. What a courageous decision. Thank you. You put your hands down. Father, I just pray over each person that raised their hand. And I pray that all of us, myself included, we would not, um, we would not wrestle and give in to what Saul was dealing with. That we would, we would hear direction, but then we would surrender control. Because God, you are a good, good father. and So we just say collectively to you, our answer is yes. I will come under to a better place. The second thing I want to ask you again, heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, and we're going to go into a pretty cool worship reprise moment where we can just celebrate to Jesus and tell God how much we love him. But if you're in this service, I just feel this strong again. And you're here at church today. We're so glad that you're here. And I just want to give you the opportunity, if you're in this service and you would say, I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be with God. My life isn't right with God. I know it. We're all sinners, but I need to surrender that sin. I need to ask Jesus to forgive me. Maybe I did it a long time ago and I've fallen away, or maybe it's the first time that I'm fully gonna go all in with Jesus and fully commit my life to him. There's some in service that would just say, you know what, I'm not not where I need to be. I'm not right with God. And I wanna leave church today knowing that my life is right with Jesus Christ. And I wanna ask God for his forgiveness, to be my Lord and my Savior. And I, I, got, I want God to do that in my life. And you're in the service and you just say, Pastor, I'm in. Include me in the final prayer. If that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you in any way, but I want you just to make that decision. And we're going to then pray together, all of us together. So if you're here and you'd say, Pastor, include me in that prayer. I want to make that decision today. Would you just raise your hand God's watching you? And, wow, it's wow, amazing. Just keep it up. Because we celebrate lives being changed. Just like the Word of God does. Just like God does. Just like the angels in heaven. Come on, keep raising them. Anybody else says, today I want to make that change and surrender my life to God. Wow. It's amazing. It's amazing. You can put your hands down. Everybody raise your hand. And then the entire church Let's pray this prayer of faith together, all right? And you might say, I've prayed this before. I'm gonna ask you to pray it again. And for everyone this weekend, let's pray it together to support and be in unity as a church family. So repeat this after me. Jesus, I come to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. I want you to be the leader of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I give my life to you. Jesus, I love you. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate what God's doing? Wow. That's so amazing. Come on, that's so good, church, isn't it? Man, there's hands all over the place going up. If you if you prayed that prayer, that second call, we invite you, we do this every weekend, but it's so important to take follow-up steps just to keep moving forward in our faith journey. Text Emmanuel to 313131. Just do that. You might say, oh, I did that a long time ago. Do it again. Text Emmanuel to 313131. Jump into Growth Track. Come to Prayer Team. Be accountable to somebody. And let's celebrate everything that God's doing. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel today. Please be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they could enjoy next week at this same time.